Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwaves Dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who have a newfound appreciation for Andrew Hosier Byrne. <laughs> See, I thought it was going to be hockey-related, so you really caught me off guard. Yes. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Ah, oh, yeah. We're back. <laughs> How long has it been? It's been a while. <laughs> I think the last time we recorded and or posted, it's been, yeah, two and a half, three weeks. Two and a half, three weeks. Well, Sorry about that. That's just, that's just the new regular schedule. It's two and a yeah. half weeks. Remember when we used to like, be able to do it once a week? Yeah, that's because we would purposely make that time to hang out, Megan. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That's why it was awesome, is because we would just see each other in the same city yeah. in the same place yeah and it was a lot easier yeah um okay well thanks for listening everybody um <laughs> <laughs> here here's an idea related to your fabulous intro okay um because it's an inside joke that will never get repeated but nope what what musical albums are getting you through these quote unquote unprecedented times. Oh shit! I have listened to uh, Taylor Swift's folklore a million times since the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of on loop right now. It's really, really good. Is it better than Lover? It's very different. Like I, I don't think you can. I don't know that you can compare them. Interesting. In in the way that you would normally be able to, because like she, what I find really interesting about her as an artist is like she obviously she got big making a country record Mm -hmm. and then slowly she morphed into something and then when like 1989 came out that was like very much the end of that Mm -hmm. right that was like it's not that she hadn't shifted before but that was like a new phase and then uh reputation I didn't like it as much but it was good and now this is just like even more different interesting And it's all, it's not all like, I don't want to say it's all acoustic because that's not quite accurate, but it's very, it's very, it is very folky. Like it's very like singer songwriter kind of vibes and it's, it's really, really well done. Is it more of like a Jack Johnson or like, well, I guess who was the person they did? um, Here we go. My brain is not working this early. I've been up since 530. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty good rhyme. Thank you. <laughs> uh, who the fuck did she do a a duet with? On this one? Yes. Oh, Bonnie Bear. Yes, thank you. Is it like that's the best? That's, that's the, the best, best song comparison? on the on the album. Oh, okay. well, but that's also the best song on the album. It's phenomenal. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So there's been that, and I've been listening to on Spotify. If, what I really like is when you just add songs to your liked thing and it just like makes a playlist for you automatically Mm. um so i like that and so right now um there's some stuff some like older stuff like the decemberist and some modest mouse and whatever that's sort of like rolling through that Mm. which is kind of nice related to the taylor swift stuff like it's like no it's the same type of vibe no no it's like on spotify if you if you just are listening to something and you just like a song Mm. it'll just automatically put it out like because there's a way that you can like heart it or favorite it or whatever and it'll like put it into a playlist for you gotcha which is kind of nice and so it's a nice little eclectic like mix of things because it does unless you take stuff off of it 
it just keeps adding. Gotcha. So there's some stuff from a couple years ago, like that skewed for me, like much more like heavily country. And now it's like skewed away from that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I listen to the whole playlist all the way through, I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't terrible at all. Oh, that's nice. Wow. What about you? Any, uh, any musical? Well, Wasteland Baby, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, Hozier's just like, he's just a weird dude and I'm very into his whole vibe. Cause his mm-hmm. songs are so messed up. And then Mm -hmm. he's, like, this goofy weirdo who likes the idea of, like, corpses rolling around underneath the ground. Like, he's just, he's just, he's just a weird dude. I'm obsessed. Uh, Dua Lipa's album, for sure. I do this thing where I find an album that I like and then I listen to it just nonstop for about a month. And then I don't want to listen to it again for like six months. (laughs) Uh, Quarantine Casanova by Chromio was fucking amazing. And I highly recommend that. It's songs all inspired by quarantine. And they're hysterical and very disco because Chromio's the best. And Mm -hmm. probably just Fine Line by Harry Styles. I think that's, I think that's it. That's in my my repeat. Well, and what I think is, is really interesting about music, too, I read an article a couple years ago that basically says that once you hit about 33, you're not overly excited about, like, new music anymore. Absolutely not. You, you want, uh, you don't mind, like, new music by artists that you already like, mm-hmm. but you're not out seeking new stuff necessarily like you're not gonna just be like because you know when you're younger maybe you're like hey yeah let's go check that out here 10 bucks for a concert sure why not like you know or you have maybe, a friend like, that's friend... like you have to listen to this yeah and so then you just kind of do it and you're like okay cool but i think once you get to a certain point the the difference in your musical taste is like you like the things that you like mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to find new things so it is kind of nice to have found a few new things uh, my friend Erin, every once in a while, she'll send me um, something. She's like, you need to listen to this. And I do. And sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes, at least it's like, it's something, right? It's something new. It's something different. Um, one of the artists that she uh, pointed me towards is Ira Wolf. Uh, and she's like just another like singer-songwriter, whatever. And she's, I like, a couple of her songs are really, really good. Um, and so I have them on my like Spotify like list. And so then, you know, and among the other like 45 songs that are on there, mm-hmm. it'll just pop up. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like these two songs. See, that's why I was just looking at my Spotify account. And my most listened to playlist is Throwback Thursday. So <laughs> that totally mm. makes sense. And this week... I didn't look at it till now. This week it's all like 90s anthems and boy bands. And I'm just so excited to listen to that when I'm cleaning out my car later. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, uh, there's something nice about listening to that old stuff. And I always find it really funny when it's a song you haven't listened to in a while and you still remember all the lyrics, but like you can't remember where you put your keys and you're like, how does this work? legit like I don't understand that and my my husband is the worst for this because he like will not remember like oh no we like made plans with your dad tonight 
and but he'll remember like the opening fucking 10 minutes to the pest that he saw once in 1994 i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is in your brain my dude like if there was <laughs> a manual like i want to delete certain information from my brain he should be the category in which that is tried on the first time like That's ridiculous funny. Yeah, it's uh, so no, it's it's good, and and I think now that there's this is the other thing about the music and stuff because we, we've been at home for so long and not really doing a lot of stuff. Um, I've been listening to a lot more music than I normally would, mm-hmm. uh, and especially not so much now because like I just finished summer school a couple days ago, and so kind of getting back into like here I have some time off now. Um, but <coughs> um, like listening to it while I'm at home, you know, because there's only so much Netflix you can watch, and there's only so much. Yeah whatever that you can watch, right? And you just kind of have to go with it and be like, oh, I'm going to actually listen to some music instead of doing this other thing that I might normally do because there's no respite to, like, go out to, you know, go to the bar or go to a coffee shop or whatever where you could do something different. Mm -hmm. And so it's become part of my routine now. That's good. And, like, I found out that when I get the the deep down low sads, I... I usually listen to podcasts during the day, but I found that if I listen to music instead, it makes the deep down sads shorter. I don't That's know why. Good. Don't know how. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure th- there's research that would explain exactly why it does. Um, Is it always know... ballads? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think that there's something very much to be said for... Um, I think there's something very much to be said for listening to to music when you're feeling a certain kind of th- a certain kind of way, right? Because mm-hmm. there's something about I mean, like I can sing and whatever. I'm not a musician in any capacity. Like I don't play an instrument and I can't write music. And I mean, that's not true. I could if I wanted to. I'm sure, but I don't think I'd be very good at it. So I feel like I'm never gonna try. Um, but there's something to be said for listening to something that like fits the mood that you need. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder if listening to music like that, especially when you're having having a downtime, if music, it acts as, like, sort of a confirmation bias. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you find something that you're listening to, and it, and it, you feel like it speaks to how you're actually feeling, but maybe it doesn't actually, maybe you just think it does, and I've always kind of wondered if we've, if we fool ourselves into thinking that the, that the music is, you know, whatever. So you think that the song No Plan on Wasteland Baby about the eventual heat death of the universe really resonates with me, Megan? <laughs> Is that what you um, say? Uh, um, well, I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course it does. Uh, but I also think uh, that maybe on the, the times when you're really listening to it, you're wanting it to resonate with you. Oh, yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? And so, like, ultimately, as much as it does resonate with you probably on some level, I wonder if having listened to it when you're in the deep down sads makes it more poignant for Mm. you. That's very true. I think you're right. As much as it pains me to say, Megan, (laughs) I think you're right. 
<laughs> hey, I have a I have a friend. Whenever uh, he tells me that I'm right, I'm like, oh, I'm always like, I'm sorry. Can you say it again so I can record it for a ringtone? Um, <laughs> and then and then he says it again. It's like a joke that we have now. It's been going on for about three years, but uh, I would never do that to you. <laughs> but it, it's funny that you think of music because I was thinking about other things that make you feel. You know, a certain kind of way. So on Tuesday... When you say it like that, it makes it sound like it's horny. (laughs) But it's not. Like, it's just, you have a a particular reaction. But I wonder, so on on Tuesday, we finished summer school, and my teaching partner and I, so we had been, like, team teaching our course the whole way through, which was kind of nice, because it meant that we didn't have to teach all of the texts, um, which was really nice. So, like, I taught the play and the film and one of the short stories, and she did the novel and poetry, and the other short story that we did. So we, we had a nice sort of split. Uh, and it meant that we had a little bit more marking to do because I marked all the stuff for the play. But anyway, it worked out really, really well. So we were finished and we had gone into school on Tuesday because that was our last day. And we were like, okay, when we're done, we're going to go for lunch. And I haven't been into like a restaurant or whatever since March. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went to Woodshed Burgers on 124th Street. And there were... There was a, a mom and her two kids and another couple in there and us and that was it. So I was like, okay, I'm, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the burger that I had was the their wild boar burger. It had on it uh, bacon and gruyere and arugula and onions, which I don't love onions, but whatever, it was fine. Uh, and then like a cherry jam as the oh. condiment. Uh, I took one bite of it and I put the burger down and I was like I'm so happy right now I could cry (laughs) so I don't know if that was the best burger I've ever had in my life or if I was so excited that summer school was over and also it was a good burger that like the two things together made it the best burger I've ever had yeah and you also were ovulating (laughs) uh no maybe I don't know (laughs) <laughs> don't I don't uh, I don't track. There's no app that tells me those things. No, so, uh, no, I also like just forgot that we didn't talk about that on the podcast. So no, <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> oops, oops, uh, oops. But oops. no, like it was a really good burger. I've been to Woodshed before. I've always had really good burgers when I've gone there. Was it the very best burger I've ever had? Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? But maybe not. <laughs> right. And so I think in that respect, I think that's kind of the same as listening to the music when you're in a certain mood and yeah. it sort of confirms how you're feeling already. Totally agree. And like, thank goodness we have those outlets to either validate or contribute to mind altering <laughs> <laughs> feelings. Well, I guess, think about it this way, right? Like, I've, we've joked about this before, and I think I've maybe mentioned it on the podcast. I don't know. Um, but there are, like, certain things that I will watch when I feel like I need to cry. Yeah. Right? Like, I have go-tos for certain moods that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if I need to just cry a little bit, I'll just uh, watch Smash Williams get accepted to college. Oh, uh, Smash. Of, at the end of that episode uh, in season three of Friday Night Lights. I don't need to watch the whole episode. I just need to watch... That moment. Uh, f- from when he gets the phone call until he talks to the coach and then like goes to the field with whoever it is. 
Landry and Cyrus and, and Riggins, I think, is the, the other three that are there. Um, I just need to watch that, like, four minutes. Mm-hmm. And it will give me enough of a of a start, and I can cry a little bit. If I want to cry a lot, then I have other things. It's not <laughs> that those things are necessarily super sad, mm-hmm. but I've I've learned how to, like... It's a trigger for Associate you. them, for yeah. sure. So I think I feel like the music is very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever cried listening to music. Oh, no, that's a lie. Never mind. Oh, that's not... <laughs> I'm not going to share that on the podcast. <laughs> no, that, that's a post-podcast conversation. Exactly. Um, which we will immediately forget about as soon as we stop talking about this. So we I've all already forgotten, my God. Um, I, I do know sometimes when I go take pictures, um, depending on how long I'm out, sometimes I listen to audiobooks because, you know, what else am I going to do when I'm out standing outside for four and a half hours taking pictures of the sky? And, like, at the point now where my camera has a timer on it and I'm like okay we're gonna take 800 shots of this on 13 second intervals it's a long time of mm-hmm. doing nothing uh so I'll just listen to audiobooks or whatever sometimes I'll take my kindle and I'll read um and whatnot but sometimes I'll be, I'll be listening to music whatever's on my phone and one of the albums that I have listened to a number of times when I've gone out to take pictures uh is this atlas volume by um sleeping at last and it's a really interesting concept album, um, but he goes, the guy has gone through and he's written a song. There's like one song for every planet in the solar system and then each of the four directions and each of the oceans. And Neat. it's a really interesting, it's a really, really interesting concept. And I really, really love it. And I haven't cried listening to it, but there have been moments where I'm out there, you know, under the stars by myself because it's, you know, mar- mid-March and there's nobody else out there and that kind mm-hmm. of thing where I've like, I've felt all of it, but I haven't actually cried from it, mm-hmm. but I've gotten very close. See, it's funny, because if you were, like, a stoner, you would just be like, whoa, it's all connected, man. I'm here, and I'm living it, and also my music is saying it to me. It's true, and but I'm not, because I gotta drive home, see, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's important to consider your travel plans if you're thinking of smoking marijuana arrive alive people that's all the fucking commercial arrive alive and drive sober right yes that's all it is yeah absolutely um okay anything what, what else we what else we got on the docket i feel like we could talk about like emotional responses to a lot of things so maybe we should uh, talk about something else for a while oh can i tell you a thing that i did last week sure so I went over, I, you know parts of this story, but I went over to uh, a, a colleague's house on Friday night for a games night, and um, there was myself and two guys from work, and then the one guy's wife, and then another couple was there. Um, and I realized what I just made that sound like, but we're just going to go with it. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the games that we played, so just the four of us, um, was called uh, Black Orchestra, and it's a cooperative game, and you are all Nazis, and you are but you're conspirators, and so you're trying to kill, <laughs> you're trying to kill Hitler. Okay. So it's it's not it's but but I have to tell you it was really really fun um, because to kill the Hitler? game gets harder. I would assume. Well, of course. <laughs> um, but the game itself, the gameplay is really interesting um, because like it's it's kind of like I don't know. Have you played the Harry Potter like cooperative game? Um no. So it it reminded me a lot of that for a bunch of reasons because I've played that with uh, my friend Jane and, and her husband uh, over a couple weekends a while back. Um, but it go it gets harder and harder as you go along. So you get through the first stage, 
Uh, and then by the so in the Harry Potter one, you get through the first stage, and it's like whatever bad people are, or like whatever villains are in. Uh, the first Harry Potter, there's like four villain cards, and then by the second one, there's like seven, and then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse mm. um, as you go through. The, the, it was very much the same thing with the one that we played on Friday night. So in stage one, there were no Gestapo raids, but by stage two, there stage two and three, I think there was two in the deck. And then I think four and five, there were three. And then six and seven, I think there were four. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you draw the card, right, like this event card at the end of the turn, um, the risk of the Gestapo coming in and like busting up the oh, plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like Pandemic if you've played that. Yeah, we, we also played that um, mm-hmm. on Friday as well. And we eradicated all the diseases. And I was like, well, they should put us in charge of the WHO. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so it was really interesting because one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about the game was, you know, all of the different characters. Because there's a whole bunch of different people that you could be. So you all had, a, there was a biography and everyone had sort of like a special ability when you got to a certain level. So there was like motivation levels and suspicion levels. Mm-hmm. So you always, you started the game at medium suspicion, but at timid motivation. Okay. And you could work your way up to reckless motivation. Wow. Or, and all the way up to extreme suspicion. And then if something happens in, in, on one of the rolls and you're at extreme suspicion, you go to jail. And if you're in jail, you draw a card and then you have to just do the one of the three things that are on the card, but you can't tell anybody what the things are on the card. So you Shit. have to make a choice that, like, yeah. And so the one time that I was in jail and I drew a card, one of my options was not to do a thing that would potentially get me out of jail, which was one of the worst cards because I had to end up taking a bunch of stuff away from everybody else. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah. And that was, like, the best of a bunch of really bad options because the other one was, like, exchange, like, get yourself out of jail, but put two people in jail. And I was oh. like, oof. God. I was like, no, no, thanks, Senator McCarthy. I'm, I'm good. Senator um, McCarthy. So, but one of the things that was very funny, so we were sitting outside in the backyard, and you know, it was late. It was like ten thirty ish while we were, what we were about halfway through our second time through, because the first time through, we got Hitler like in stage two, oh. so we never really got into the complexity of the game. So we're like, let's do this again. Wasn't uh, a satisfying kill. <laughs> not quite. No, no, not as not as satisfying as the one the second time because we were in stage seven. Uh, and stage seven, it's almost impossible because like the odds are just stacked against you in the deck. And there is one card in that deck that's like a death card, basically. Um, and as soon you draw it and like, ev- you know, everybody dies. So we didn't get that. It was, and it was actually the next card after the turn, after we killed Hitler, it would have been the next one. Um, but it was really funny because the phrasing on some of the cards, we had to remind ourselves that we were like pretending to be Nazis and that it was okay. So when like, for example, um, uh, like Kristallnacht came up as an event from our like <laughs> non-Nazi perspectives. That's a terrible event mm-hmm. uh, in the game. It was a good thing for us. Right. And so we had to be like, it was very awkward to be like, Hey, this is the thing that's happening. And we all got better. Like it was very, very uncomfortable. Right. That's um, a major mind fuck. Yeah, it was very, it was, but it was super fun. We had a really good time. So if anyone is like a cooperative gameplay kind of person and you, you don't need to know anything about, anything that exists uh in like the nazi regime to play it like there's no there's no knowledge that will that will make you you. better at the game no Mm -hmm. um it's called black orchestra it was super fun at one point one of my uh one of uh one of us uh who was not me and i'll leave you to guess who this may have been um drew a card and was like uh, it was about how Rommel's, uh, the Africa Corps got defeated, right? And he, and it was dark and whatever, so it was a little bit hard to read the cards. Um, but we had to read the event cards out, and it's like, got, was defeated in Africa? 
And of course, we're all like three of us are social teachers, and we were just like, what? Oh, <laughs> anyway, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just had to take your lumps, I guess. Um, but yeah, Black Orchestra, <laughs> super fun. Also, I mean, Pandemic is a fun game, too. It feels a little bit... It's a bit too real right now. <laughs> doing it right now. Um, we played it at school on the Monday after they canceled classes. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we had nothing else to do. We're like, oh, all right, let's uh, play a board game. And Settlers of Catan? Nope. Pandemic? Yes. <laughs> Settlers and my friend group has a... <laughs> let's say toxic legacy to the point that we're not allowed to play it with each other anymore. Oh, please explain. Well, let's just say certain friends who will be named Stephen Malcolm have a history (laughs) of cheating and it almost ruined friendships. (laughs) So... Like, we, cheating how? Like, holding holding too many cards and then, like, like, you know? Yeah, and, like, palming cards and, like, keeping them under their mm. chair and, like, so when, you know, you pick up the robber, you don't have to lose all your cards and it's just, like, mm-hmm. it got to be a bit too confrontational when it's just a game of resource management. <laughs> so yeah. It's, yeah. I, we haven't played for probably four years now that's one of our go-tos during exams is to play Catan mm-hmm. at some point in time mm-hmm. um and it's really funny because one of the guys that i work with because we'll always play in the social studies office because that's where the biggest table is um and so we've got lots of space and and whatever so we can they you know, all have our cards and hoard them and not show anybody and there's no risk of anyone seeing what's going on um but one of the other guys will come in and he'll be doing some work on one of the computers or sitting on the couch or whatever and you know someone will be like can i have a sheep and and some wheat and then he makes fun of us because oh. of the way that we because of the way that we talk about it mm-hmm. um but he's never played it so and then he we no got idea. him to play it yeah, we got him to play it. He was like, oh, I get it now. It just it just makes it, like, a little bit more, whatever. Can I have a sheep and a wheat and an ore? Like, it's just yeah. a thing that the four of us who play regularly will will do now. It's, see, and that's the way it should be played. Lighthearted, silly, because yeah. it is a silly thing. Whereas, like, I've had to try to teach people to play that game before. Like, people who are, say, younger than 15. And Mm -hmm. it's a hard lesson for them to learn because I think they are used to games like Go Fish where you have to give up something if you're asked. Right. Whereas if someone asks you for sheep and you're hoarding your sheep to build a whatever the fuck, don't give it to them, bro. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) That's a little bit alien sometimes. (laughs) Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, we'll do that. And, like, we make some of the most ridiculous trades in Catan. Like, somebody will desperately need something to, like, build another section of road or whatever. Like, I'll give you six wheat for one brick. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, or whatever. And I'm always like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. (laughs) Why not? That seems like a great idea. That's amazing. But, yeah, it's it's super fun. But, yeah, Black Orchestra, if you're a, a cooperative game kind of person and you don't mind it being a little bit uncomfortably... Uh, Nazi oriented. Uh, go for it. It, it was a. It's a really well constructed, really well made game. I will give it that for sure. Why is it called Black Orchestra? Because you, I think, because you are um, trying to orchestrate Hitler's downfall. Okay, gotcha. 
and it's like a black ops kind of deal. I think that's gotcha. my assumption anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. And we're going to try sometime before the summer is over to do that, to do one more of those. Cause that was a very fun time. Do you like, um, do fun German voices when you play? No. no. Well, I don't because that's not my, that's not my personality, but, uh, the other two absolutely did. Um, I just texted Chris, of- gotta buy this game, Black Orchestra, and play it with two friends because they for sure will do the accents and it'll be amazing. <laughs> so one of the, well, the guy whose house we were at, he made, so this is the second printing of this game. And so he actually downloaded um, all of the like characters from the first printing that didn't make it into the second printing box. And then he made cards for them. Oh. Uh, so that we had a whole bunch of options. And then he also made some up, which when it's really funny because at school, when he, we build multiple choice exams, he's usually the person who puts together like the quotes from the different speakers on certain things. And he never has like, it's never normal names, right? <laughs> like, like I don't, was it last year? It must've been last year. I like guess. Giuseppe be... Playfair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, but la- I think it was last year that the, the guy from Prodigy died when we had our student teachers. I'm pretty sure those two things happened at the same time. And so he was making a, an exam and he put the pictures of the speakers in and one of the pic- one of the speakers was like the guy from Prodigy and it was super funny because um, it was a, a social 30 exam and just the, the way the guy looks you would expect him to be a little bit more like lefty anarchist kind of deal <laughs> and the position that he took on this exam was very like late stage capitalism is the best thing that's ever happened it was really funny and very jarring um, but and also so he, like he- kids aren't gonna fucking know who that is no, exactly. It's but so way it's before funny their us. time. Um, and so, but he's the kind of guy who does those things, and he makes he he creates names for the sources in the exams and stuff. Um, and oftentimes it'll be like somebody's nickname from darts or whatever. And of course, it's just for us. It's not for um. us, so the kids have no idea. Um, so he made some of the cards. And one of them in the second game, so we had to, so they, because he's made some and added the first deck, and then there's the one in the box, the house rule is you have to roll one of the die, uh, and if you roll a target, then you get to, uh, you get one of the new ones, or one of the, like, the homemade ones, and if you roll the eagle, then you get one from the box. Um, And so, (laughs) there was a point in time at which there were two uh, from like the the homemade pack and then two from the box in in our second game and one from the homemade pack i can't remember all of her uh biographical information but uh she basically was a mistress to everybody in the nazi party um like the, the everybody was it was hilarious uh and she started her uh, her motivation she started one level up and she basically the way that the guy played her um basically she was at reckless motivation the entire game and she Uh, was the one ultimately to kill Hitler it was so funny that's crazy Um, yeah it was really really funny but it was really interesting too about the way that the the cards and stuff were written and I thought this was I don't know I'd have to do a little bit more looking at the whole deck but I found that the the female characters that they had in the game, which there were some from the company itself, it wasn't just my buddy making some, um, that they were less likely to be at reckless motivation levels. Um, And whereas the men were just like, fuck it, let's go. That's not fucking true to life, (laughs) Megan. I thought it was a really, in- I thought it was a really interesting, yeah, like a really interesting division of, 
of those roles that the, you know, the men would be um, just like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to do it. And the women are like, hold up, we should probably think about this for a while. <laughs> yeah, wait, um, can we consider the fact that A, B, C, and D? <laughs> well, and it was, it was also reflected in our gameplay because there was like two men and two women playing the game. And so myself and uh, my buddy's wife, we were a lot more likely to pull cards and like, you know, build stuff in our dossier and like figure out then so we could then give resources to the other people and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Whereas those two were much more likely to just roll the dice um and <laughs> hope to get more moves from rolling the dice uh, and if you roll the dice while you're in the same space as someone else you can both end up in jail and i was like i don't want to put anyone else in jail that's not very nice it's not good <laughs> for the plan yeah so it, also, was, it was really interesting the concept of like roll to kill hitler is hysterical it is well because you i mean the dice are like your the the things because you have to have all of the conditions and once you have them then you know, you can do the thing. But yeah, it was it was it was a really good game. So if you're if you're a person who's interested in that kind of thing, it's good. And it's a lot less involved and intense than like a game like Axis and Allies or Ugh. Diplomacy. So if you I, like, I like those games too. But you have to have a really committed group of people and seven to hours to spare. Yes, to play them. And so this one, it only I think it only took us the second time through maybe like two hours to play. Nice. Which wasn't too bad. Uh, the first time it took us a very little time at all, be just because we got super lucky. But it's not. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, have quite as many things that have to happen as access knowledge or diplomacy or something like that. But it was very very fun. So strong recommend. Okay, I found this game on Amazon. Okay. It's eighty one dollars. I would say it's worth it. Why are games so fucking expensive now? Like, what is know. going on? I don't know. How can this be as expensive as a video game when it's just something on paper? Like, man, that makes me so frustrated. When you go to the game store and you're like, I want to buy something. And it's like, oh, if you want this, you're not fucking have to spend a hundo? A hundo P? Did I buy it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? I did. Oh, amazing. Let's talk about impulse control now. I think that'll be a fun conversation. Megan, we talked about being bad at financial last week. I don't know (laughs) if you need any other proof than these last two weeks back to back. So. Oh, there we go. I have not spent any money yet. I'm going to get paid for summer school and my July paycheck tomorrow. Oh, shit. Um, Yeah. Which is nice because we actually had to vote and, like, switch our pay structure. So now Mm -hmm. we get paid at the end of July and then mid-August instead of all getting paid, like, right at the end of June, which is actually kind of nice. So I'm going to have a whole pile of money in the bank tomorrow, and then I'm going to pay some bills and it'll be all gone. But it'll just be (laughs) feel really nice for about uh, four seconds. To to feel rich? Yeah, it'll be great. Actually, no, I will use my summer school money, and then I think I'll be, I think I have enough, whatever, that I can just, like, leave my July paycheck nice just to sit which means that and because this year was school and stuff i usually buy lots of like school supplies and pencil crayons and things like that not doing that this year so i'm gonna <laughs> save a pile of money <laughs> doing those things not. as well um i also have lots of that stuff at school but i don't need to buy anymore so i'll save a pile of money doing that stuff uh so my hope is that i can like come out of the summer a month ahead basically shit that fucking rules that would be amazing Okay, I need to talk to you about Sons of Anarchy. I would love to listen. I stopped watching because I knew that I was going to end up uh, down a path that I 
Didn't want to go. From. Well, I didn't have time for it, so I'm ready for it now. Well, look at yourself in the mirror because it's me. <laughs> it's me from the future. Um. Okay. So, how far did you get? Uh, I'm still somewhere in season one. I didn't. Okay. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Just tell me whatever you want to tell me. Okay. I'll talk about it in vague. A vague way if I can. So the thing that drives me absolutely bonkers about this show, which I do adore because the characters are so interesting and everything they do, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's really hard to predict what is going to happen ever. Um, What I find so stupid is this dumbass biker gang has no concept of subtlety at all like they'll fucking give a duffel bag full of drugs to another gang and take a big old manila envelope full of money in like a public parking lot i'm like what are you guys doing like they're constantly being tracked and photographed and investigated by cops the atf the dea the fbi and i'm just like could you guys even try Or, in the last episode I watched, they decided to assassinate someone. So 10 of them go to this dude's apartment building, all wearing their Sons of Anarchy jackets. Okay. In the daytime. Just ready for witnesses to spot them. And be like, yeah, I fucking who saw it. It was those fucking Sons of Anarchy people. They all showed up wearing their motorcycle jackets on their motorcycles. The least subtle vehicle possible. Hey, at least in the Fast and the Furious, Vin Diesel and his crew of thieves put masks on their faces. So you didn't actually know who they were. See, is it that hard? It's so, it drives me crazy every single time. And then they're like, why the fuck are the cops always here? And I'm like, really, dogs? Really? (laughs) Maybe because you straight up started shooting at someone in a fucking crowded shopping mall. Like, come on. Makes me so goddamn crazy. See, if I was the old lady of of the president... No, just kidding, because... If you were the Peg Bundy of the Sons of Anarchy... I, I wouldn't be because her husband no. is just the absolute worst piece of garbage. Because Ron mm-hmm. Perlman has no idea how to play a character that's good. Who's <laughs> good hearted no, but it's, and pure. It's fun that it's Ron Perlman. In, it, which, which is really funny to me because Ron Perlman in real life. Um, just like based on what I've seen of him like on Twitter and stuff. He's, he's a lot more... Um, forward thinking maybe than you than his characters uh have oh, come across. Really? So it's kinda of funny that he hasn't figured out how to like bring that into his acting. He's on Twitter? That shocks yeah, and, me. And he hates Donald Trump so much. Like so much. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. It's funny because this show started mid two thousands and the fashion certainly represents that. But Ron Perlman's character was really ahead of his time with the tiny sunglasses trend. And I think <laughs> I think it's because his eyes are just so fucking close together that there's no other <laughs> there's no other option for him. Dude can't wear no Ray-Bans. 
When I think of Ron Perlman, though, in anything, I just think of him in Pacific Rim and just like. Who is he in Pacific Rim? Oh my god, fuck you very much, Mr. President. He tweeted, this is. Yeah. Rep Ted Yoho is a fucking bitch. Pass it on. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, like he's. Yeah, Ron Perlman is. He's one of us, which is nice. Um, to no, the president the, of the U.S., go get fucked. This is incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, no, in Pacific Rim, he plays... Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? I can't remember. Uh, 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 Do you want me to come back to me. No, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on okay. It. You can keep talking about the thing. But I don't know what else there is to talk about. He's a bad person in the show. And it's at that point where I'm just like, I think I think he might get killed. And then I looked at the <laughs> clock and it was 11 p.m. And there were three episodes left of the fourth season. And I was like, ah, shit. I better go to bed. <laughs> or this is going to be a problem for me. Oh, yeah. So he plays a character named uh, Hannibal Chow in, in uh, Pacific Rim. Hannibal but Chow? He, just whatever. Um... <laughs> It's a, this is what it says here. So uh, he, this is what Perlman has to say. Uh, he says, I actually think this character was designed to be played by another ethnicity other than myself. And somewhere along the way, uh, Del Toro had the notion, wouldn't it be interesting to turn this guy into more of an invention? So in other words, someone takes on a persona that completely sounds like he's someone else and acts like he's someone else, but he's really not, ultimately. Um, so that's why that's what his character's name. But he's, he's, a, a, he's a black marketeer who makes a living dealing kaiju organs. Gross. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at the end of it, he ends up uh, in the belly of a kaiju. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Hoisted. Hoisted on your own pitar. <laughs> I'm just, like, really distracted by how fucking wild and amazing his <laughs> Twitter feed is. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's, uh, yeah, he's... Oh my god. He re replied to Donald J. Trump's tweet of, do you get the impression the Supreme Court doesn't like me? And Ron Perlman said, ain't life a motherfucker? Even when you load up the court with fellow corporate shills and woman diddlers, you can't win. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Like, he's re- he's fighting the Breonna Taylor fight. Mm-hmm. Well, look at even his, like, Twitter header image is like, no justice, no yeah. peace. Right? Like, yeah, he's, he, it's, it's really an interesting thing because you're right. The characters that he plays would not, you, you would not automatically assume that from the characters that he. Oh my God. He got is. into a Twitter fight with Ted Cruz. Well, I mean, that's not hard to do. Oh my God. My favorite one that I've seen here now is Trump passed on throwing out the first pitch for the Yankees so he could be free to throw the country down the toilet. <laughs> Seriously, this is like, it doesn't give me a new sense of respect for his character in Sons of Anarchy because it's just a big, it's a big old toilet, but I mm-hmm. have a lot of respect for him as a person now. <laughs> Wearing a mask is about 60% likely to protect you from contracting the virus, but it's 100% certain to prevent you from being an asshole. It's, it's, it's incredible. Okay, <laughs> Kelsey's amazing. recommend for the week is just do a deep dive on Ron Perlman's Twitter. Man, it's good. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm done. Like this one too. To all the don't tell me I have to wear a mask motherfuckers out there, I got a couple of my body, my choice signs I'm not using right now. Come on by and grab them on your way to the ICU. Ooh. 
Mm-hmm. That's good. That's great. Yeah, so there you go. Ron Perlman. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> he says, took 24 much-needed hours away from Twitter, hoping and praying for an epiphany. Ready? Donald Trump is a feckless twat who needs to be escorted <laughs> from office in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember my greatest joke of all time, which was I a do. horse called Feckless Gun? I do remember. That's, I was going to say that's the second time that this podcast has correctly used the word feckless. So here we are. Oh, God. It's such a great <laughs> word. It is. It's really good. Okay, that's it for oh. Sons of Anarchy talk. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The Gifted School, which kind of feels a little bit like Little Fires Everywhere in certain ways. Um, Is it sci-fi? No. Oh. Uh, No, it's about these four families living in, like, a suburb of Denver, I believe, um, who, they all have kids in, like, I think in the fifth grade. Oh, yes. I think you sent the cover of it to me. Yeah, yeah. So there's these, uh, so I'm about halfway through it. Um, And so there's these four different families. Uh, One, it's just, it's a single mom because her husband has passed away. One of them, uh, the parents are divorced, and then the other two, the parents are still together. Um, and so there's some different, like, adult dynamics as well as, like, between the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really interesting because it, it feels a lot like that environment that was set up in Little Fires Ever with that, like, sort of elite school sort of deal and that kind of thing. Um, but what's really interesting is one of the families, they've got a teenage daughter. She's, I think she's in her junior year. And she babysits for the other families, and she's, like, essentially uncovering secrets. Ooh. Um, and then her younger brother is, like, a genius, but didn't get into this, uh, didn't make it through the first round of admission stuff for this new gifted school, because his verbal scores were really, really low. Oh, And no. so basically, so basically he's, like, figured that if he wants to be sort of seen as good enough, he has to do something kind of big so he's gone into one of the other homes and he's obviously friends with the uh, these other kids and their twins and he's like trying to figure out he's gonna try and do like dna sequencing ultimately um to, to see like who's whether or not the baby in the family actually is like uh the the son of the father and all these kind of things is what Yikes. I he's trying to figure out yeah so i'm like halfway through so i'm super curious to see how it uh, how it all unfolds, because I feel like things are not going to be great. Not a good tactic to take. Um, and he's 11, let's not forget. Is he, like, this seems like one of those traits that can be um, applied to people on the spectrum, where they, like, don't understand, like, social... Or don't recognize things that are inappropriate to say or do... Is this one of those, or is he just like a weirdo? <laughs> uh, no, I think he. I think he's a bit of a weirdo. I think he's probably on the spectrum somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so he's really good with like patterns and numbers and and things like that. So one of the like his science fair project that he was trying to do had something to do with um, permutations in chess. Oh wow! And he's eleven. And, like and he's eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Yeah. So it's it's really it's interesting because like the the family with the twins. They, they're both, like, into soccer, but one is a better soccer player than the other. Um, and then the last sort of event, like, moment that we had with them is they went on a ski trip. 
uh, with their dad on the day that they were supposed to do the testing for the fancy school, because of course, Mm -hmm. uh, dad, it was dad's weekend. And so he took them skiing and mom was very upset. Um, that they didn't get to the testing, uh, except the, the kid who's not as good at soccer. Uh, I think he like clipped his brother's ski oh, God. as they were going down, uh, so that he could, you know, hurt him. So he wouldn't be able to like try out for this like elite soccer team and that kind of thing. So there's all these really interesting, like family dynamic things going on, um, within the families and between the families and, and stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's good. And it's, and it's interesting because normally those kind of books, and this sounds like a weird thing to say, but books like that often are written by women mm-hmm. and this one's not. So I find that really interesting. Oh. Fascinating. Uh, and so, yeah, like, yeah, it is. And so I'm like halfway through, it's good. It's a nice like summer read. Yeah. I can imagine why that's like, yeah. frick. I'm even just like stressed out listening to <laughs> All of the different levels of subterfuge happening there, like that's well, for children. Like, that's the two wild. the two girls, the two like daughters. There's uh, they're both named Emma, and it, it, their moms like weren't friends when they um their moms weren't friends when they were pregnant. They like met after the fact, mm-hmm. so it's not like they both named their daughters Emma. Um, but the Emmas are like. They, they're referred to at school as the Emmas because they're inseparable. Um, but the one is super, super smart and the other one's not as smart. Uh, and so there was some worry that the not as smart one wasn't going to make it past the screening round for the school and like all that kind of stuff. But they're also 11 in like, grade five. And that's when girls start to get really fucking bitchy mm-hmm. <laughs> with each other and with everybody else. So there's other things going on and like some bullying things happening and that kind of stuff. But of course the mom's like, no, my daughter would never do that. Like it's, yeah, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. It's really, really interesting. I'd love to see like a mini series of it. Oh yeah. That would be And good. all of these families. Cause I think there's enough there. It's about a 400 page book. So I think there's enough there that you could have a mini series, um, with each of these families and sort of watch it unravel. Sweet. Yeah. I don't have a book to talk about, but I do have a rant. Um, let's hear it. Okay, so I'm going to start it this way, and we'll see if you can pick up what I'm putting down. Okay, I'm on it. For women in the public eye, grooming and looking in what is perceived as the most professional way possible is Mm -hmm. so key to getting any foot in the door or any credibility or respect ever. Can we agree on that? Yes. The one exception to this I will discuss later. But if any woman showed up to their job looking as awful as Elliot Friedman does in his new beard... They would be. I was wondering where you were going. They would be fucking criticized top to bottom for not taking the time and effort to look professional. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Thank you. The one exception to this, I will say, is CTV's Lisa Laflamme, who has been amazing in her transition to a silver fox over this pandemic horseshit that's true that is true 
But seeing him look like that on television, and I discussed this with Avery extremely briefly, briefly because he essentially just said, you're right. <laughs> Made me so angry, especially when people are like, oh man, it's amazing. And I'm like, no, it's not. He looks like absolute garbage. And everyone so he- else on the panel looked like they showed up to work. I think the thing too, like what what's I what I think is interesting when Friedman used to do the like, uh, whatever, the the NHL's equivalent of a sideline reporter, right? Like because that's what he that's where he started mm-hmm. with Hockey Night Canada, before he made it to the desk. I used to really dislike him, um, because I there was just something about the way that he had he presented himself on camera that I was just like ugh. But I, I mean, he's very bright and, and he knows lots about hockey, which I think is the other thing. I think that's why he can get away with it because... But that's if, horseshit. If, well, of course it is. But like, that's the world that we're living in, right? Like, it's it's un, it's unfortunate and it's stupid. Um, but I saw, so I saw it speaking to this. I saw something on, I think I'm sure it was on Instagram and it was about how um, women, uh, there's like this, there's an aesthetic for like overweight women to wear like shorts with t-shirts tucked in like yes. it's just a thing yes right? i don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. but that if like all of a sudden one like you know kylie jenner did the same thing it would be a huge a fashion trend. trend yes i saw this too um and it's it's exact to me it's exactly the same thing like elliot friedman in, in his position where he's at with hockey Night canada and sportsnet and whatever can get away with doing that mm-hmm. with the beard whereas like someone else just couldn't mm-hmm Right, Ron McLean couldn't get away with it in the same way. No, absolutely not. And there's nothing I want to be clear. Do I think that he should be able to look however he wants as a form of self-expression? Yes. But it's not fair when only one gender and even one ethnicity, I believe, mm-hmm. is able to do that with such freedom without any... I don't know, criticism, feedback, impunity. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so frustrating. And it made me so angry how everybody was just, like, celebrating him. And I was like, can you imagine if a woman, like, a lot of the TSN women wear um, sleeveless dresses. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. if one of them raised their hands and their armpits weren't shaved? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the shit show? Or if their eyebrows be, weren't waxed. Do you do yeah. you remember on fucking NBA on TNT when Charles Barkley got his eyebrows waxed and they made the whole halftime panel about making fun of him for that? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so here's the like I, I and yes, you are absolutely one hundred percent correct. There was a couple years ago, I believe it was in Australia, a guy who did morning TV. Yes, yes. Wore the same suit, suit every, every day, day for a year. And nobody said a word. Mm-hmm. But his, like, female co-anchor did not repeat an outfit, basically, because as soon as she repeats an outfit, someone's going to comment. Yeah, and would get criticisms about certain colors and certain cuts. Yeah. Oh, a woman your age shouldn't wear this. So here's the, the I'm gonna I'm gonna like put a thing and you're just gonna be like Megan what is wrong with you? Uh, it's the very same thing with like celebrities on red carpets. Mm-hmm. Are um, you talking because- Ed Sheeran versus Beyonce? 
at the Nobel no, Prize actually... Peace Concert, because that's a fucking example. <laughs> well, there's that. No, but I was actually, I was thinking about Adam Driver, because of course it was. But that's like, it's a, there's a, there, I've seen like stuff on Instagram with him too. It's like, you know, that, you know, every awards ceremony that comes up, Adam Driver fans get excited to see him in the exact same black suit as last time. Um, <laughs> which is basically true, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same suit, but it might as well be. There's been very few times where he's been photographed publicly for one of his films where he's not wearing a black suit with a bow tie. Like, that's just what it is that he does. And it, it's fine. But then you look at, um... At like the female co-stars, mm-hmm. and like if ScarJo very... did that, yeah. If she, even if she wore the same, so like uh, one of the film festivals for Marriage Story, they had like an afternoon photo call and then like the the premiere in the evening. And I'm ninety eight percent sure he just wore the same thing, mm-hmm. um, and she definitely did not. Yep. Right, and it's it's that same it's that same thing where we have where the women are expected to spend so much more time and money and effort being presentable, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, which is just absolutely horrific. It's not even that. I think it's being presentable now is code for professional. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so angry. Exactly like you're saying, like, fucking Adam Sandler can go on The Tonight Show wearing long-ass shorts and a baggy-ass T-shirt yeah. and wants you to buy his product. And it's like, okay, well... That's fine, but Kate Blanchett sure as shit couldn't do that. No. No, and it's funny too when you look at, at all of that kind of stuff. And I think when you look at these at big movies, I think that's the bit where you notice it the most because they will have big press tours for these films, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'll see you'll see all of the different stuff. And in a day, they might be doing you know some kind of like fan event and then a photo call thing and then like the premiere. And it you maybe will get between those three things. You know, the male star will have two different outfits, like one for the daytime and then like maybe a suit for the evening. But in the daytime is like jeans and a T-shirt and a blazer. Mm-hmm. And then the the female lead will have three different dresses, three different hairstyles. The whole like so she's it's very yeah. clear, like it's different stuff all day long, but she's got to go through that process but in I think... order to be sorry, whatever. I think, too, like yeah. women have either whether by their own management or the management of the studio, they're like assigned stylists and it's Mm -hmm. their job to be like, okay, you need to wear this and then we're going to wear this and then we're going to wear this. And that's like a standard in the industry, whether or not they're into that. Well, and at the same time too, like if you think about red carpet stuff, you, unless, um, unless like a male celebrity shows up looking like, they literally rolled out of bed and mm-hmm. then like ate a ate a seven eleven taquito on the way there. Like no one says anything about what they wear. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, unless they happen to be in like a not black suit, and then it's like oh, it's something to notice at least, right? Whereas with the women, it's like you will dissect the images. Yeah, well, even the like, the camera at award shows that goes up and down their whole bodies, like. Mm-hmm. It makes me so Speaking angry. of, okay, so here's the thing. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears here and talk about this from a different perspective. Okay. Uh, the the person who runs the Yankees social media, <laughs> um, <laughs> is not me. Can't and I want to be very clear about segue. this. 
This isn't, it's not me. I want to be super clear. But whoever it is that runs their Instagram, Twitter stuff, uh, obviously likes Aaron Judge as much, if not more, than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, because the con- And it's really interesting, too, looking at the content with him versus other players. Yes. So he is like, yeah, he's the face of the team. Um, and so the content that, that gets put out with him featured versus other players is like considerably different. Uh, I'm not complaining about it in any way. It's extremely thirsty content. It's very thirsty. I mostly on Instagram, I send most of it to, to Kelsey and I'm just like, thanks for being my only friend who appreciates this. <laughs> As I said, I always appreciate beefcake. But even the one, I think you sent it to me last week. It was a slow-mo video of him running up the stairs. Uh-huh. And I was like, this feels gratuitous. So <laughs> I was like, one of their games last week, I can't remember. I can't remember which game it was. I could look it up on my Twitter. But um, the cameraman, whoever he was like panned up from the ground all the way up his body and I was like oh I swear to god it was not me but it's a thing I would have done but thank you cameraman for feeling the same way that I do about this moment in my life um but it's it's interesting like because it's not celebrity in the same way because it's like sports focused yeah so you still get the the same kind of attention paid to certain things and they're still like, oh, why would, you know, like, the, the hockey players coming into the bubbles and some of the things that they're wearing and people are, like, criticizing them and whatever. Um, it's fascinating to me. But it's a different thing because we also don't have the, there's there's no women involved in any of this. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just looking at these men and, and so they can kind of get away with whatever they want to get away with. Whereas as soon as you add women into the mix, then there becomes questions about... Well, why did she wear that? Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Because it was clean. Like, what difference does it make? Just, like, whatever. Because she fucking likes purple, dog. Um, What I find really funny about all the NHL content is there's so much video and gifts out there of players, like, arriving to arenas, on buses, walking through, you know, like, quarantine areas. And they're all wearing face masks. I'm all like, these yeah. motherfuckers, except for Phil Kessel, all have the same goddamn body shape and size. How am I supposed yeah. to tell them apart? They're all <laughs> wearing hats. Like, what is the point of all this? Kelsey, there are certain players that you can just tell. It's, yes. You just can't. That, yes. <laughs> that, thing, that thing of the video I sent you from the Penguins? Yes, I understand. Uh, it was, it, <laughs> right? It made me laugh because I watched the whole thing and then I was like, ah, oh, there it is. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that, but also. But you're right. They and 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 right now because they're they don't have to like every time they're out of the arena or whatever they don't have to be like because normally we don't see them unless they're dressed for a game, yeah. right? To come in in their suits or whatever, so they don't have to be that way. So yeah, they're in like shorts and t-shirts and like which like you know, whatever. I don't under, know why they and, like, need to and, go and, to games and, like, and suits anyways. And like Under Armour slides, like that's what they're all wearing with hats and sunglasses. Like it's just it's a very much a it's a uniform ultimately. Oh my goodness. That they have all chosen. It's ridiculous. It's but, all uh, stupid. No, it's, it is really stupid. But uh, hey, there's there's sports. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How we feel about sports being back when like people are still dying? Um, it's very stupid. I think the concept of the bubble puts 
a shit ton of people at risk for contamination where it's just gonna it's just gonna explode if someone gets it like I think the Mariners are a good example of that mm-hmm. but um I'm finding the... Do you mean the Marlins? Or, sorry, yes. What did I say? Mariners? You said the Mariners. Because now that the Marlins have had it and they were in Philly, two people from the Phillies have now, not players, but two people who work for them have yeah. tested positive. So, there we are. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just... It's really tough. And I understand why certain players are like, actually, I'm going to stay home with my family because my kids are super sick and, like, whatever. What I find really odd about the whole thing is... The TV coverage, after watching, I don't know, 25% of two games put together on Wednesday or Tuesday or whenever that was, um, I have no idea why they're doing the anthem before games. I have no (laughs) idea why they are piping in fan sounds and cheers and things like that. That's horseshit. And I don't know why you're even doing any, like on ice bullshit at all just play the game get it over Mm -hmm. with and go like i don't need all this fan entertainment no and i the the anthem thing is weird to me um and so here's a hot take maybe i don't have the same feelings about lots of this that other uh hockey fans seem to have uh and my twitter timeline yesterday because the blackhawks were playing um the blues in their like exhibition game uh, and the Blackhawks were the home team, I believe. So they had their goal song playing. Okay. Uh, which is Chelsea Dagger, and it's a terrible song. But um, so many people on my Twitter timeline were just very upset that at Roger's Place that this song was being played. And I was just like, shut the fuck up. Seriously? Like, just, it's a goddamn yeah, like, song. Who cares? And, like, you, just, if you don't like it, don't watch. Like, you know how this is going to go. There are other home teams. So, like, if you don't like it, don't fucking watch. Like, you realize that probably concerts you don't like get played there, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not a fucking holy place. And we shouldn't be doing the anthem in the beginning of sports at all, but... No, maybe, perhaps, in the Olympics? Yes, that is the only... Or world world championships. There's different teams from different countries. Yes, representing a country. But just because a sport is taking place in a country is not means enough for that. Also, what's really fucking cool is the customized jerseys the Oilers did for Ethan Bear, and I'm told there's one for Yamamoto. That's fucking rad. Extremely into Mm -hmm. that. Mm hmm. Yeah, that kind of stuff I think is really, really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, I think the NHL probably is standing the best chance of, like, not fucking this up. Because you don't have uh, any Lou Williams in the NHL who are going to go to Atlanta to a strip club. Yeah. Um, MLB is imploding by the minute, so we'll see what happens. The world I just saw on Twitter, someone's like, the World Series is going to be awarded to whichever team hits 10 wins first. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, let's do that. Um <laughs> Because, like, I cannot see them getting more than 20 games a team. Like, just the way that they've fucked it up so bad. And what's really interesting is that Major League Baseball, for all of the dumb things that it's done, 
they should have pushed harder, and the players did not want to do the bubble. So yeah. that was a PA decision. And so the MLB should have been like, we will give you this. Here's You want to play? We'll play. But this has to happen. Yeah, it shouldn't have been an option. It should have been this is the only way in which it will go. Well, and, es- and especially because the way that they've got their scheduling done. So there's like, in each league, there's three divisions. There's a West and a Central and an East division in each league. So if you're in the AL East, you're playing... 40 of your games, I think, against the teams in in the AL East. So you're playing, whatever, five home, five away games against each of those teams. And then your other 20 games are against the teams in, like, the NL East. So there's less travel involved. Mm. But what would have made more sense is if they'd have been like, okay, so we're going to do this, and we're going to have... Um, it's, it's hard with baseball because there's no time limit on the game. And so I understand some of the logistical issues, but maybe in each division, they could have had like three cities, like three places to play for 10 teams instead of having each team play their own home games or whatever. Um, because like the, the Blue Jays can't even play their games in Toronto, obviously, because the Canadian government is like, no, you can't keep crossing the border. Um, which (laughs) good, good for them for being like, this isn't acceptable and it's fucking crazy. Um, but they should have, uh, yeah, had like three cities maybe for the 10 teams mm-hmm. to play through. And then that way, at least there's, it's a little bit easier to control. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is, this major league baseball experiment is going to fail. And they, and it's unfortunate too, because their season hadn't started yet when things shut down. They were mm-hmm. just in the middle of spring training. And so they had every, they had every opportunity to prepare to, something, to prepare and get it right. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't. They fucked it so bad. Yep. My husband works with um, the medical staff for the Flames, and it's been really funny to get their take on, like, what's going on. (laughs) Especially because even before it started, one of the docs told Chris that he had been tested ten times in seven days. And I was like, oh, shit. Like... (laughs) That's A, excessive, and B, wow, I'm impressed that they're actually following through on it. Like, I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I can get on board for this. But also because the stadiums are empty, he texted Chris a picture last night of just, like, sitting in a seat at Roger's place, <laughs> watching mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. a game by himself, and his wife's like, he might be home in September, he might be home in two weeks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, and that's the thing. And, like, so the NHL has got some some good plans with it. And I think the NBA is doing the same thing, where, like, if once you're eliminated, you're out of the bubble. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the whole... The NHL did things right by having the teams have to go back to their training camps and get tested on a regular basis while they were... Um, preparing, in their home yeah. cities. Um, rather than putting the burden all on here when they got here. But they, I think, I'm pretty sure, and I don't know absolutely for sure, but based on Taylor Hall's Instagram, I think while they were still in their home cities, they were also quarantined in a hotel. Oh, really? Like, yeah, so there, and I think it was only, I think it only had to be seven days, but they were isolated from, from their families and stuff, um, you know, while they were still at home. And I think that that was probably pretty important because it's a lot easier to, track and trace if you don't have any external contact but as soon as you know as soon as the team is eliminated so what whichever of the four teams lose in the play-in rounds in each conference they go home like they're Mm -hmm. done and and that will help obviously to mitigate some of the issues because if everybody who has who is participating 
has thus far tested negative. And as long as the hotel employee, because like as far as I understand, whatever hotels they're in, I think it's the Sutton Place Hotel uh, here, anyway, the Marriott, and then I think, I want to say that the Delta might have something to do with it. I thought it was like um, a Hyatt. And then the, or maybe that, and then I think the Matrix Hotel is one that the media is allowed to be in, and they, like, they cancelled res- reservations to other people that had, like, for weddings and whatever, and helped find them other spaces, because the NHL, like, booked this hotel out until October. Um, and so wow. as long as those things are being followed and adhered to, mm-hmm. um, and no one knew was coming in, which they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody's already in the bubble. I feel like the NHL has got the best chance of like making things work. Yeah. And it's, it's been impressive to see like the players <laughs> walking that sad chain link barrier from their (laughs) hotel to roger's place with all these fucking concrete barriers against it i'm just like yeah wow look at you go but it's not even that it's a chain link fence it's also chain link but we also can't see through it if you're on the other side of it so like they don't have any contact with the public yeah which i think is, is is very important you have to you have to make sure that that's the case um and so so far I will give the NHL uh, a let's say a B plus. Oh. I'll give them a B plus. The reason I'm not going to give them an A, an a anything is because um, there is a Tim Hortons van, like a you know like a mobile Tim Hortons, inside the bubble um, here in Edmonton, uh, which is good and bad because Ryan O'Reilly, who plays for the St. Louis Blues, you may remember drove a car through a Tim Hortons <laughs> once, and now I'm afraid he's going to drive the Tim Hortons through a building. Oh my god. So they don't get a passing grade. Well, they get a passing grade. They don't get an A. They're a B plus at best until the blues are gone, and then I'm, I'm, less, then I'm less worried about it. <laughs> oh god. I'm not going to have anything better to say. So do you want to do a quiz? I have a quiz for you. I would love a quiz, and I also got a bunch of questions from okay. Sid and a couple other people. So yes, let's do that. Um, everyone's personality matches a song from Taylor Swift's Folklore. Which one is yours? Okay, let's do it. Okay, pick a Taylor Swift album. Taylor Swift, Fearless, Speak It Out, Red, 1989, or Lover? 1989. Pick one of these animals. Horse, cat, bunny, dog, goat, cow. And I just want you to know the cow is a baby cow. It's very cute. I'm going to take a baby cow then. Okay. Pick an iconic music video, You Belong With Me, Shake It Off, Blank Space, Wildest Dreams, Look What You Made Me Do, or Lover. Oh. Blank Space, maybe? I don't really do, I don't know, I don't know anything about the music videos, because I haven't watched a music video, and I couldn't even tell you how long. Well, just pick your fave song of that list, then. Yeah, Blank Space. Okay. Okay, pick one of these folklore-inspired nature scenes. So, get ready for my famous descriptive skills. Oh, uh, can't wait. One is a foggy, um, evergreen forest. Okay. One is, looks like a overgrown path through, like, a redwood forest. Okay, okay. One's, like, Lake Moraine. Okay. Or Maureen Lake. Uh, one is like a meadow in the Yukon. Okay. One is a, a mossy scene, and one is an autumn forest. 
We're going to go with a foggy evergreen. Okay. Pick something to have 13 of. Okay. Sweaters, cats, guitars, cookies, Polaroids, or bouquets of flowers. Um, because sweaters are close to blankets, I'm going to say sweaters. Okay. <laughs> a sweater can be a blanket if you believe. Yeah. Which of these classic Taylor hair looks is your favorite? So in order to make this easier, do you prefer long hair, medium, or short hair on Taylor? Medium. Medium. Okay. Do you like platinum, medium, or her dark blonde? Dark. You got exile. Yes! You're an empathetic person with an old soul. You can be a little stubborn at times, Megan, but you're always willing to give things a shot. You're an escapist who dreams of running far, far away when things feel overwhelming. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. It's pretty good, considering that you couldn't see the pictures. To give things a shot, but I definitely want to run far away when things are overwhelming. I understand that impetus very well. Can't wait. Oh, what a great quiz. You're welcome. Thanks, BuzzFeed. I've been validated. (laughs) Okay, so I said that I've listened to the album on loop, which is true. I've listened to that song on loop many more times than I've listened to the album. It's a very good song. God damn it. Now I'm going to have to fucking download it. Just go to Spotify. Yeah, I'm on it now. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's the anyway, bonnie Vare one okay yeah I it's understand. really really good it's it's really you know what i really don't good. like you know what i don't mm. like all lowercase you're not ee e. cummings and also ee e. cummings is shit just fucking <laughs> follow the agreed upon grammatical rules anyway sorry questions um, it's okay. So you feel certain, you feel you feel a way about a thing. I like it. All right. Um, okay. Okay. So first off, a question from someone who's never uh, sent us a question before. So that's fun. Oh, fun. His uh, username on Twitter is wheat one two three. His question is: How many COVID cases or teams affected will be needed before the major leagues shut down? Oh man. I think baseball is well on its way. So, you know, I don't think two it's teams in one division. I don't think it's cases. I think it's like hospitalizations. Okay. Because you can be positive and be asymptomatic, but what will freak people out is someone who's really, really ill. Mm-hmm. And I think there will be outrage on a number of different levels like family members like press you know the public if their favorite athlete gets super sick let me tell you so i try really hard to like remember that i don't know these people you Mm -hmm. know because they're just athletes and i watch them and stuff i would be devastated yeah if something happens to one of my faves you know well, just think about, I don't know if you watched the start of the Oilers game, but the they did the anthem and all that horse shit, and then they had a tribute to the Oilers player who died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this feels weird, 
Now it's like, go play some hockey, guys. Aren't you all glad to be back? It was just like, wowzers. Mm-hmm. Not good. No, no. I, uh, no, it's, it's, none of it's good. Um, okay, uh, question, another question here. Can you talk about how Lily Lame, the solidarity lineup from the NHL was? Yeah, it was fucking dumb. NHL. I don't so know what in that the was. Pen- so in the Penguins uh, Flyers game yesterday, day before, I don't know, in, for the national anthems, they instead of each team standing on their own line, they like stood with each other essentially, as like a performative thing. Um, and then in one of the games, maybe this morning, I don't really know. Um, I don't pay attention. Like I don't know what time means. Nothing that give that yeah, it doesn't picture matter. you sent me the other day with the Spider Man and all of them. I was just like, yeah, that's how things go. Um, they stood around like the face-off circle for the anthem instead like and i'm just like i get it but also do something because in fucking yesterday tuka rask is like out on the internet wearing a uh blue lives matter or like a boston police hat or whatever and then brad marchand is talking about you know whatever dumb like blue lives matter stuff and i was just like not the point so you're the nhl is trying to do this thing and then you've got you know stupid brad marchand and his dumb face like being Every everything you imagined that he would be anyway, ultimately, mm-hmm. right? But it's just like so the statement so means it was, nothing without the action to back it up. It was a political statement they were trying to make, like I don't all think Americans so. <laughs> with <laughs> rosters who are three quarters Canadian and one yeah. eighth Russian and one eighth Swedish. Finish. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever. I thought it. I I'm like when you said that, I was like, oh, it's about like unity and supporting people through this like tough covid time not like mm-hmm. that horseshit okay weird weird okay. okay so we also got a bunch a bunch a bunch of questions from sid thank you uh, Sid. the first the first one i'm gonna just send you um this image so that you know what we're talking about okay which avenue are you sending me this on i'm gonna text it to you okay we need to have the appropriate app open yeah, it's true. It's not on Instagram. It's not on Twitter because, ugh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we'll deal with that one in just a second. Um, Sid wants to know. No, we're uh, gonna deal with it now, Megan. <laughs> so we're it's an FMK. Deal with it now. It, it's it's an FMK. Uh, it's a Zac Efron FMK. Uh, is is where we're at. Yeah. Um. So I would like to preface this by saying I think Zac Efron is very attractive. Uh, I thought he's. I've thought that for quite some time. Uh, I have watched the movie The Lucky One more times than is appropriate. Um, and that's kind of, of his like, body what? in C, right? That's the lucky yeah, one. Body. Yeah, he's uh, maybe not quite that jacked, but so it's between B and C. Okay. In this, so that he's got a new Netflix series where he's like learning stuff, which is kind of cool. Like he's going around and like learning things about how the world works, which I think is really interesting because he's obviously got a platform and mm-hmm. the money to be able to do things like this or whatever. Um, but there's been some discussion about how he's not quote as fit as he was in this and we'll probably we should have to probably post this image so we know what we're talking about um and i'm just like yeah no he still looks great he does because he's like eating some carbs and drinking some water is basically what he's doing that's different from uh before i saw the gif of him saying like this is so good i haven't eaten carbs in years and he looks like he's Mm -hmm. about to cry i was just like like, oh sweetie yeah (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, sweet. I know. I know. And so, so Zac Efron has been, I, I feel like, you know, Zac Efron, High School Musical Zac Efron is like maybe a bridge too far um, to have this conversation about. But I think in like his adult life, I feel like he's been pretty attractive the whole time. I think now is the look. So let's get to this. Uh, let's, let's eliminate A entirely because I feel like. Okay. But it's still, gets... it's still very much a progression from Twink yes. to Bear. Absolutely. Okay. It very much is. Okay. Yes. Um, so, yeah, for between the B, C, and D images on this, what are we going to do? Oh, man. This is, this may be controversial. I think you kill C. Yes, absolutely. I think you fuck That's B. That's intimidating. And you marry D. Yeah, because C is intimidating. C is just... It seems... It just seems unnecessary. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, the upper chest is just ginormous, and he just doesn't Mm -hmm. look happy. No, he would be very angry, I think, all the... He hasn't eaten carbs in years. Yeah, and I think if you're going for, like, a happy husband, you want D. Mm -hmm. The beard's also very good. The beard is phenomenal. B, you can pound and then fucking get out, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, so yeah, thanks, Sid. Thanks, thanks for Sid. that. Um, she sent us another FMK. Okay. Uh, which made me laugh. It is a hunt, is NHL mascots. Um, Hunter, oh, no. Gritty, and Scorch. And I, I don't know who Scorch, Scorch? is. Scorch? You don't remember Scorch? No, why would I know that? I don't pay attention to anything. Oh, it's old, though. It's like 10 years at least, and it was <laughs> taken out. Oh, that Real was the Adirondack. Suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Oh, it's so yeah. good, though. Okay, well, so fuck my calendar. You, you keep Gritty around forever. Gritty, Gritty is the best of us. Are you marrying Gritty? Is that what you're saying? I think you have to. I think you kill Scorch because it's an abomination against life. Yeah, you can't fuck Hunter, though. I don't know. I don't know if Scorch is a thing that can fuck. I know Hunter can fuck. You look at that thing and you think, okay, Hunter fucks. Scorch? I don't know. It's messed up. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, fine. But you marry Gritty. I think that's the only... I think you marry Gritty, but you may not be faithful to Gritty. And, you know, we all make choices. And Gritty may not be faithful to you. I think that's the important part. And you know what? That's fine. Having an open marriage is very normal and it shouldn't be stigmatized. And everyone's love is valid. I feel like we should just end the podcast now. <laughs> no, we have some better no, we have some better questions here. Um they're all from Sid, so she was she was really helping us out here. Um the, we're gonna leave this one to the end because it's my favorite. Um are you stocked up on masks? Any cool designs and where'd you get them? Uh, none of mine have patterns. Um, I bought some from Unbelts and then I also bought some from uh, just Amazon. They loop around the ears and they're a little bit better because my head is so small that the Unbelt ones, the straps don't stay. They just kind of slide all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but no cool patterns, just solid colors for me. Um, 
I don't have, yeah, I don't have any patterns. Well, that's not true. I got a couple masks that my auntie's made, and I'm sh- pretty sure one is, like, out of a pillowcase that I- I've slept on before. Um, Excellent. <laughs> which just kind of made me laugh. So I have a couple of those, and then, yeah, I bought some unbelts ones as well. Um, and, like, at the end of the day, I'll go through all of this. And in Edmonton, they just passed the bylaw that starting on Saturday, you have to wear masks in indoor public places. Oh, um, did as they? Of Saturday. Yeah, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, yesterday I went and got a haircut, and I noticed there were more people wearing masks already yesterday than there had been, like, maybe a, a week before when I was out and about. Good. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, what else do we have? Uh, very important question from Sid. She wants to know how we're doing. Oh, just fine. Just fine. I'm great. Uh, summer school's done. So uh, I'm good. I got uh, 28 more days after this one before I got to go back to work. So life's good. Um, Sid's coming up to, to, for context. Sid's coming up uh, to Edmonton for work uh, sometime in August, and she says, "Is Meg excited to wave at me from two meters apart in August? And would you want dog nuts brought or no because of COVID?" So when I went down to Calgary for football in August last year, uh, I said that I was going to bring donuts from the donut mill, but I accidentally typed dog nuts, so now it's a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Am I excited? Of course I'm excited. I would love some donuts. Uh, we will talk. But yes, I'm very excited. Um. What else do we have here? Do you know how long it's been since I had a donut? Oh my god, I would kill for one. Okay, I got a question from Reva, which made me laugh. Uh, my daily question, which body part will cause the most pain today? Oh, <laughs> that's still my right knee where my 85-pound dog dodged everyone at the dog park except for me when he was running full speed, so that's super. <sighs> Um, I don't know. I think, uh, probably my back. And that's mostly because I haven't moved for two days. Yeah. But you earned um, it. Um, I worked very hard, so I'm good. Erin mm-hmm. wants to know, uh, because it's not as hot today as it has been, but it's still pretty warm. How much will she regret leaving for her run at 1030 instead of at 7? Oh, fuck. Um, probably You're a, so Probably dead. a lot. <laughs> if you haven't heard from her yet, Megan, you need to check in. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll text her here uh, in a minute. And our very last question, and this is my favorite question that maybe anyone has ever asked. Are you ready? Anyone has ever asked? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, okay. And it's not related to Jamie Benton, so that's even better. Somehow. Wow. Talk about the potential for Taylor Hall to win the Stanley Cup in Edmonton for a different team. <laughs> so... On the Oilers rig uh, this week, we've done a couple mailbag things, and Avery and Alex and I recorded a little, like, podcasty thing that I'll post up tomorrow, probably, or maybe Saturday. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and we talked a little bit about some of these things. I have decided that if my hockey dream comes true and Taylor Hall wins the Stanley Cup as a member of the visiting team on Rogers Place Ice, which, once he got traded to New Jersey, was, like, a real possibility, of course. And then he got traded to Arizona, and I was like, oh, my dream is dead. Um, but now it's not anymore. What I want more than anything, is for the Stanley Cup final to be between the New York Islanders <laughs> and the Arizona Coyotes. That's what I want more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want Taylor Hall to be the consummate winner uh, and hoist the Stanley Cup on Sunrise at Rogers Place. I would love, I would love it. Uh, I would probably stop watching hockey and I feel like my soul would leave my body and I might spontaneously combust. And what a way to go. It's really the peak. There's never going to be any satisfaction greater than that. No, none. None whatsoever. Um, I, I, I feel very strongly that uh, that would be the thing that would break um, just hockey Twitter in general. 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially listening to like Oilers fans just fill their boots about it. Oh God, it'd be so good. Um, we talked one of the questions. So here's my last question to you then. Uh, other than the Islanders versus the Coyotes in the Stanley Cup final, because I feel like that would be just maximum chaos. What matchup would be very chaotic to watch? And like for that reason, because I'm on Team Chaos always. Um, what oh, would be the most fun? Just any Sun Belt team against any Sun Belt team. Like the, I always thought that was so hilarious when it was, you know, a. Uh, <laughs> A franchise that shouldn't exist and doesn't have as, you know, die-hard, quote-unquote, um, a fan base as someone like, you know, the Leafs or the Habs mm-hmm. or whatever, just consistently yeah. making it to the finals and not like an original six or a Canadian team is just utter delight to me. Um, I also feel uh, controversial. Not that I want this because for a whole bunch of reasons, but an Edmonton Carolina Stanley Cup final <laughs> would, with Carolina winning again, would be just peak everything. It would be incredible. See, the thing is, any other year I would believe it, but 2020 has been so expectation defying in every single way, where every month things get worse and not even that every week it gets worse i just Mm -hmm. it makes it very difficult to predict because maybe a canadian team will win this year because everything we're in the upside down like it's true who knows um what i really would think would be funny though is because the one bubble is in toronto and the other bubble is in edmonton it would make me laugh if neither one of those teams made it to the real playoffs yeah Absolutely. It'd be hilarious. Um, Just for a whole bunch of reasons. I just just feel like there would be pure comedy out of that that we could uh, joke about forever and ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Except that if Toronto loses in this round, then they can't get beat by Boston. So I'll (laughs) go on and get beat by Boston. That's always a a fun hockey joy. Uh, And on that note, I feel like we should uh, cut her there. So uh, thank you very much for listening. You can find our things all over the internet, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. There's an Instagram, which I am going to post the Zac Efron thing to right now because I won't remember. Um, So check that out. And of course, I'm also going to post the Spider-Mans of every single day pointing at each other because that's very good. Um, And there's an email. There's a Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'll do better next time of like remembering that we're going to record and ask for questions before uh, half an hour before we make our phone call. Uh, <laughs> you got a lot for half an hour. We did get a lot of questions. Sid, thank you very much for, for helping us out. Uh, that was very good. And we will sometime, we will record sometime between now and three weeks from now. Hopefully <laughs> less time than that. Hopefully. But it's 2020. You don't fucking know. It's true. And I don't know when I'll be able to post this episode um, because my other com- I'm having to do this on my desktop computer upstairs because my laptop uh, is in the middle of a tantrum. And so I'm transferring all of the things onto uh, an external drive so I can like reformat my computer. Um, and our intro music file is uh, elsewhere. So we'll see what we can do. Megan, you don't have to justify yourself to me. I'm just saying I have literally nothing else going on. So <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. Uh, so, but hopefully in the next couple of days we'll get this out and uh, then we'll chat again in the very near future. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.